Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined as always by G. Hey, Wiley, Armani, Buckets, Brandon, Deutsch, Jake, Dicker. How are we doing? I mean, I'm not doing as great as Soto is probably going to be doing soon. I mean, the... Phenomenal. I, I know some people th- think that maybe he was just handed it, but man, phenomenal. He deserves it. I, I personally think he deserved that home run derby win. Yeah, I mean, every year there's a guy who doesn't win it that you kind of remember. A couple like years Vlad. ago it was Vladdy. Yeah. Yeah, this year it'll be Julio Rodriguez. But, I mean, what a, what a show they put on last night. Yeah, it was fantastic performance by all. Um, I still think the Schwarber Pools thing was staged. I really do. There is a 0% chance that Pools legitimately beats Schwarber. That was staged. There was also a video on it that they miscounted the, the number of home runs for Schwarber. So it, it was very fishy. I have a random side note that I want to ask you guys about basketball because I just saw this. You already know the answer, Jihei, so don't say it. What do you guys <laughs> think the Bulls over-under win total is? For next season? Yeah. With their roster? If you're asking me, it's either absurdly high or absurdly low. What do you think it is? No, I think it's probably just right. They're going to be a six or seven seed, right? How many games did they win this year? I don't know. They won 48. Yeah, 48. So, I mean, they're going to be a five, six seed. 52 and a half? No. No shot. It's it's either high or low, so I'm going high. 41 and a half. Oof. Take the over. Yes. (laughs) Take the over. I mean, they'll win 42 games. They got Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, and Patrick Williams, Dale and Terry. I mean, they're good I think you guys are giving them the benefit of the doubt, but that's just me. All right, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with $12 in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Hit it, Jihei. Speaking of Mr. Soto, he won last night's uh, home run derby at Dodger Stadium, but the biggest story of the day came before Soto's winning swing as ESPN's Buster Olney reported that rival baseball executives believe Soto will be traded in the next 15 days. The Dodgers, Padres, Cardinals, and Guardians, I still can't believe we're calling them that, (laughs) are believed to be four teams in the running after Soto turned down the Nationals' 15-year, $440 million offer. Guys, the Dodgers need to go all in on Soto. So what the Dodgers have here are prospects, and incredible prospects, and we saw them on display Saturday night, and the funny thing was, because it was the American League and the National League, they were wearing national jerseys. So listen, the Dodgers have the prospects. Juan Soto, my view, like if he had a pick, and he's not being public, he talked to the media, he said it's not in my hands, I got people handling that, whatnot. But 
I think if you told him where do you want to go, I think he would want to be in Los Angeles. Trey Turner is here. He's very close with Trey Turner. During last year's postseason, Juan Soto was in the crowd wearing a Trey Turner Washington jersey. So I believe... If the Dodgers want to do this, if they want to give up a lot of their amazing prospects and we can have uh, Jake and Brandon talk about them, then they will go all in. And listen, Juan Soto is one of those, you know, 23-year-old generational talents that I think you say, okay, we have all these prospects. We can either bring them up or trade them for a for sure guy. Juan Soto would be that guy. I would love to see that that um, happen. Yeah, the thing that teams trading for Juan Soto need to decide first is if they're trading for two and a half years of Juan Soto, if they're going to try and extend him for 15, however long. Because if it's two and a half years, there's there's a lot of teams in the mix sure, that yeah. could go out and get him. And then if they decide it's not working, they don't want to pay him, trade him with a year left on his deal and kind of replenish what they gave up in a way. You're not going to get as much back, but you'll, de- you'll yeah. definitely get a decent haul back if you want to do something I also like think that. the Dodgers are going to be all in on Soto for, for one reason. If you saw their, their 40th overall draft pick was a catcher, um, that's telling me they're they're going to be fine with Will Smith long term. They're going to develop this catcher. They have one of the they've possibly the best developmental catching coach there is. Field coordinator in the business. You know is in charge of Kybert Ruiz's rise, Will Smith's rise, Cartea's rise. They're going to trade Cartea in this deal. I think that'll be the centerpiece. I would keep Gavin Stone and uh, Bobby Miller at all costs for the Dodgers because those are future. I wouldn't say aces, but both of those guys are just killing in the minor leagues, and you got to keep the pitching. But you can get rid of Cartea, Pagues, a couple other guys, top prospects. That's the Dodgers. They are the perfect mix of big money, great player development. They have the pieces to get them. I think if there's any team, it's the Dodgers to get Juan Soto. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I do think Bobby Miller is a guy you have to hold on to because, I mean, a couple years ago, it was the Dodgers have all the pitching prospects in the world, and now Dustin May's hurt. Um, Walker Bueller's up and is no longer in that prospect realm. It's been a couple of years. Uh, traded Josiah Gray. Now, I mean, thank God guys like Gonsolin and, T- and Tyler Anderson have worked out. But if they didn't, like the Dodger rotation would have been a real issue this year. Yeah. Well, what also de- depends if they extend Trey Turner, right? If they do that, then it's worth the deal. They already lost Max Scherzer. If they extend Trey, then it's worth it giving up Josiah Gray and Kybert because oh, you have sure. Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. I, I'm not saying those were those were bad deals in any mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. No, I but think they're I think, great deals. Yeah. I think the Trey Turner effect with this whole Juan Soto thing is pretty real. Last yeah. Yesterday, Trey said in an interview that this year is so much better than last year playing in L.A. He's kind of you know, mm-hmm. settled down a little bit, feels more comfortable driving to the stadium. Um, and it feels like him and Juan Soto, I mean, every time they're together, yeah. they're, I mean, they can't get enough of and, each other, right? And Juan Soto is just a great, charismatic guy. Yeah. And, you know, he's fun to play, fun to be around. He'd be the perfect Dodger centerpiece. You talk about time. a great teammate, though. And I thought this when I saw him. Again, he goes to the game to cheer on Trey Turner. It could have been so easy to be like, Listen, Trey's my guy, but like I'm not showing up to like an opposing ballpark. Yeah. And again, the fans when they saw him, they're like, "Is that Juan Soto? Is he wearing a Nationals jersey?" But then he turned around, he said Trey Turner, and you know, the only the yeah. only hesitation I have trading for Juan Soto is I don't know how likely he is to sign an extension. Okay. When you turn down 15 for 40, especially you know he's a Boris guy, and Scott Boris will take any opportunity he can to reset the market with his big free agency. Yeah. Do it with Garrett Cole and just have guys get unprecedented amounts of money. Um, 
So if you're going to trade your entire farm system for this guy, which is what it's going to take, and you don't have that guarantee that he's going to be with you for longer than two and a half years, I think you have to be a little bit hesitant. Mm. No, no. I, I Look, see, I, I disagree there because I think that if you trade for him, he's going to sign that long extension. It's just, it's going to happen. Because there's only a couple teams that can do that, right? It's, it's like the, the Dodgers, Dodgers, the Yankees, yeah. and I mean, whatever. just got like where does he want to go maybe washington's not the place for him right it's definitely so, not exactly the place. so it's definitely not so the place. that that that's partly why he turned that deal down but now if he's in los angeles he's with trey turner he's yeah. on a contender well but also like jake says they'll give up the whole farm system not nah, dude like you're giving up like five guys like yeah they're top rated but the dodgers have the b- best player development in the league with the Rays, yeah, I so think it's probably gonna take some major league ready talent. Also, you might you might see yeah, Gavin, Gavin Lux. Lux Cody, who cares? Cody I mean, he's, is he ever gonna hit field. over twenty home runs? I know he's a three hundred hitter. I definitely include Gavin Lux. Yeah, you I know that's what it's gonna take. It's gonna be a ridiculous package, but and I mean, they the should guy's do it. Twenty three. Also, you got to think about it. The fifteen four 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 whatever. It's twenty nine point three million dollars a year, right? Soto's worth over thirty mil, mil a year. So I mean, I, that's probably why he turned it down. I know everyone's like, oh, he's stupid for turning it down, but like. He deserves 30 plus a year. Trout's getting 30 plus a year. Other guys are getting 30. Just because of the 444, people don't realize the 15 years. It's like the Stanton deal, right? Everyone's like, oh, largest deal in history. But per year, annually, it was it was less than Trout's deal and other deals. So he's going to want $30 million a year. I think the Dodgers would be able to give it to him. Again, they still have to prioritize signing Trey Turner. And then you have to make that decision. Do we extend Bueller or not? You know, Bueller hasn't been as good this year. He, I wouldn't say he's deteriorating. He's still a great pitcher. But then do we extend him? You know, what are we, they're already, already going to lose Cody Bellinger. So I think they do have the money and the resources to do it. But um, it's going it's going to take uh, Andrew Friedman and a couple of guys in the front office to really make a decision on what they want to do long term. And, and even if you trade the farm for him and he doesn't sign the extension, wants to test free agency, Boris is committed to doing that and you lose him. If you win a World Series oh, or two yeah. in the next, in that two and a half years, they're I mean, it's a win, win right? They're, they're going to win with Juan Soto if they get him, like one of the next two years. I think it's like guaranteed almost. Real quick, how does that change things? How does the lineup look? If, if Lux is the only player currently with the team, mm-hmm. like as a part of the deal, how does this team look? I mean, it's best lineup in the league, right, Jake? I mean, yeah. who do you bat first? Mookie you, you bats Mookie or Trey? Top. You probably you probably go Mookie, Soto, Soto Trey, Trey Freddie, Freddie. Wow. and then yeah. Will Smith. Will and Smith fill it in from there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know my thoughts on Muncie. I wouldn't bat Muncie should be in AAA. <laughs> I mean that that's an embarrassment of riches. And speaking of that, I'm going to move on to you guys' thoughts on the home run derby and Major League Baseball's All Star Week as we head into tonight's All Star Game at Dodger Stadium. What the home thoughts? run derby was fantastic. I was there. Jake was there. The fire show pregame was there. Probably a little bit too py- much pyro for some of the players uh, <laughs> liking. I thought it was fantastic. I do think that it is a TV product, Jake. I'm not sure what you thought like like i was yeah. happy to be there glad to be there but i was watching the tv screen a ton exactly yeah, yeah no i was talking to arwan outside before we started um and he asked is is it as good in person as it is on tv and i'm like it's great but there is something about watching it on tv where there's these interviews with other all-stars throughout the game talking about how happy they are to be there and who they've talked to and conversations they've had who guys they've learned from where it's not just sitting and watching batting practice for two and a half hours and you you do lose that element um being there but i thought it was awesome i mean the the albert pujols 
when everyone came over to him after his first round before the tiebreaker just kind of to show their respect was awesome i mean julio rodriguez Corey seager hit the second most home runs in the first round granted yeah. there were guys who hit <laughs> second in their round who who stopped with time left on the clock that probably would have surpassed his score but i mean he had a great round that was just overshadowed by julio rodriguez coming into yesterday's derby with their new format with like once they got rid of the outs there were four total rounds of 30 plus yeah. home runs and he had two in his first two rounds yep i mean it was just an incredible show to and watch. i you know i had originally said like oh kyle schwarber's the guy to watch pete alonso obviously but then my friend told me like two days ago leo rodriguez had 37 in a round in like a practice round yeah, and i'm like that. oh my gosh all the bets should be julio plus a thousand julio plus 700 right because this guy's a real shot at winning i know i texted you guys before that i thought he was gonna win he didn't but then again the argument for soto that jake said he could have had more home runs in the first round, right? When he when he beat uh, whatever his name is, uh, Jose Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Is it Jose Ramirez? Yeah, could have had more there. Could have had more um, against Pujols, right? So it's like, okay, then there's such an advantage going second because you don't have yeah. to hit for the whole time. Even if you're mid round, if you're three or four away, you can kind of take a pitch or step back. Like you can't take pitches anymore with the new the new but, format. But, but like we said, Julio's performance is like. It, it's it's indicative of like Vlad's performance. Oh yeah, a couple I years mean, ago, right? Where you're like the star of the show, but then you lose. You the juice runs out. They're younger. You know, the same thing happened when, when Pete Alonso won the first time. Vlad really was the star of that show. Pete Alonso came out and won. Julio was the star of the show yesterday, and Soto won. But both of those guys are young stars. Julio's 21, Soto's 23. I mean, the future of the MLB is in great hands. Julio's got one of the most beautiful swings I've seen in a long time, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he is, he's as good as they come as, as, you know, prospects coming into the league. It's not very often that usually top, I mean, we'll see what happens in the second half, but top prospects, if they start out hot, usually the league makes that adjustment to them and they're forced to adjust back. And it just doesn't seem like that's happened with him yet. I'm sure you guys have seen this, but today in in the All-Star game, it's going to be a little bit of a twist. If it's still tied after nine innings, there will be a home run derby to determine the winner. I just wanted to hear quickly your guys' thoughts on, on that format. I mean, I think it's cool. It's just another for the fans thing. But I know the AL and NL both um, announced their their picks for this, and they went very different ways. The AL went with Julio Rodriguez. If it goes to extras, it'll be Julio Rodriguez, Ty France, and Kyle Tucker. You know, three <laughs> guys who may not be in the game and, or um, start the game, who would be in the game at the end, kind of a way to get them in. The NL is going with Schwarber, um, Soto, and someone else who was in the derby yesterday i'm I'm blanking but there's a third guy um so they're going with their big you know power hitters to try to try and win this thing yeah i love this idea i love it um you know obviously the extra innings in the past of all-star games have been fun you know there was a couple that was 11 you know 12 innings in like 2016 17 something like that and that was a fun game but i'd much rather have it be done quick do it a home run derby i think they need to like like make this happen somehow, I mean this is this know? is the reason why the all-star game sh- is so much better that it's not deciding home for advantage in the world series. yes you get moments like this yeah um you get moments like Kershaw starting the game yep. I mean years ago when when you Adam Wainwright did an interview when the game was in Minnesota Jeter's last game and he was like I, when the game still decided home field advantage he's like I wasn't trying to strike him out I was just trying to give him a pitch to hit it's his yeah. last all-star game like well, those are the things that like there's no reason that this yeah. game should have ever had that much weight on mm-hmm. on like do we do we agree on some though? Like Dusty made a mistake with McClanahan instead of Shohei. He asked Shohei. Shohei said no. Oh, he did. Oh, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. No, he asked Shohei. Shohei said no. 
Um, I don't know exactly why. I think it was something with when he's supposed to start for the Angels and kind of keeping him on oh, track. Um, so then he went to McClanahan, who in his oh, interview said okay. he's never seen him pitch, but he hears he's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> he has seen him pitch, though. That was a lie. Remember, no, it, was yeah, when he, it was when he was like super young and no one knew. Like that, The Rays oh, always yeah, yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the right. Rays, talk about a player development. Like guy, They turn guys that sign for $0 into 105 miles an hour and the best pitchers in the league. I mean, great pitching development. And then trade him right before they have to pay him. Exactly. Blake Snell. Yeah. He's falling off. He's not it's good anymore. It's so unique, though. It's the one time I think fans in the crowd are like hoping for a tie game. Like they want to see yes. the home run derby oh decide the all-star game. You know, because Co- that's fun. This is for the fans. This kind of a move. Can that's Pete huge. Rose come and play and like <laughs> shut, make this game tied? You know, I, I think that the, doctor this, it. This is the one and only time I'm going to give Major League Baseball props yeah. because they have not um, helped out their y- younger fan base, and this is going to crush it. This is going to help yep. so much to add to that. Um, we still need to get there first, but I agree with you a thousand percent. Like, props to Rob Manfred. I mean, finally did something. That to this is literally this is the one. This is the one and yeah. only time I'm going to give him his due. <laughs> well, like, the draft too. That's a good good decision. No, a hundred percent. I mean, they're they're definitely at least they're trying. I'll give them credit on that. At least they're trying to get the young fans. Because no offense to baseball, but it's they just got to keep a- putting Nick Swisher out there representing, <laughs> and then the young fans will love it because the guy is that guy's great. He's like the Rob Gronkowski of baseball, you know. <laughs> um, well, I know you guys are all betting people. We're gonna move on to the last uh, headline. Alabama and Ohio State are attracting the bulk of the betting action around the nation heading into college football season. But the story is a little different at some Las Vegas sports books where more money has been bet on USC to win the college football playoff than any other team. SC's national title odds have improved from uh, 40 to 1 to 25 to 1 at Circus Sports, giving the Trojans the sixth best championship odds. USC went 4 for 8 last year. Ouch. Uh, they fired coach Clay Helton earlier in the season and lost six of its last seven games. Can the Trojans um, really be a college football playoff team in Lincoln Riley's first season? My view is no. I mean, they're not even a top five team. Again, they're the sixth in terms of circus sports and the odds. But... People like those odds. What are they, 25 to 1, you said, Jihei? So yep. I think they like taking a flyer. They like the offense. They like Lincoln Riley. They like Caleb Williams. But uh, I don't like where they are with the line. Not only the offensive line, the defensive line. Defense is where I think is going to be the problem for USC. This will be a lot like Lincoln's teams with the Sooners, where they're going to score 40 points, but allow a ton of points, too. So I like USC. Do not like them to make it all the way to the college football playoff yeah i think this would be a very bad bet you know it's really hard even though with all the pieces they got to turn a four and eight team into a college football playoff team oregon's good utah's good they'll probably lose one of those games in conference um probably lose two or three games this year i mean that's that's my expectation i think they'll get nine ten wins i really think that's the expectation and that'd be a really successful year then the year after you caleb before the draft and then that's the year like in two years is the year that they're going to compete for the playoff I, I think next year is more just get the 10 wins bring usc football back compete you know yeah i agree with you both i think they have all the talent in the world but it's a lot of young inexperienced talent yeah. it's a first year head coach adjusting to a new conference um it's guys young and inexperienced guys trying to learn a new system it's just a lot of moving pieces and as you said the lines aren't great 
Um, so I do think that they'll be much better than they were last year, far improved. But I do think that um, it'll be you know a year or two before they're really in that college football playoff conversation. Yeah, I mean like, the thing about the odds is like I think if you place a bet on USC. You may not think that they're going to win the whole thing, but at 25 to 1, like, I'll put some money on that just on the off Talent's chance. there. Talent's just, there. The names all sound great. It's just and young again, guys. And again, if they give up a ton of points, like, that's okay if you score a ton. I mean, that's the problem that you play with that system, right? When you score 40, you're like, okay, we'll give up 30, but, like, we can't yeah, give they're, up They're not going to have issues scoring points in the Pac-12. I mean, there's no real strong lockdown defenses running around the West Coast. Yeah, especially right next season. Oregon's not yeah. a great defense anymore. Yeah. Like, Stanford hasn't been playing defense in three years so I mean yeah they should score a ton of points Gee, your uh, thought there when you kind of place a bet on a team just because you kind of like the odds I mean again like I'm a USC fan I went to USC 25 to 1 is not the worst I mean like, I'm, I'm thinking of placing something on no the I mean it's, well. it's not it's not the worst I mean I uh, realistically I don't see a I don't see them winning out the gate their first year um but I mean, if you want to bet on this, put like put a hundred down, whatever. Exactly right. No, eh, do it, do it. I guess you know it's it's not gonna kill you. Um, but I would probably I I will, however, say this. Like I I want to know. I've been trying to look it up. I want to know what their over under is as far as like their whole Win. entire wins. Yeah. For the season, because that nine, I, would I think it's up. nine and a half. Nine and a half. Last time I looked. I mean, c- considering the what- problem with the Pac-12 and why it's so important for them to go to the Big Ten, they're in a position with the Pac-12 that if they have one loss, they're they're done. Generally speaking, the Pac-12 teams do not get the chance to lose and play in the college football playoff. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Dave Smith. When we return right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rake. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California. The fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details, and here he is. Our good friend, the sports god, Dave Smith. Dave, how are you? Hey, Ross, how's everybody doing today? We are good, Dave. We are good. Uh, just uh, first of all, your thoughts on the home run derby, the All-Star game being here in Los Angeles. I mean, um, you know, your, your thoughts on all these great events here. 
you know, that's always a lot of fun, the home run derby. And, I, you know, I kind of liked it better back in the day than I do now for some reason. And, uh, Ross, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I thought the coverage was terrible. The split screen, oh, you, you kind of, they had they half the screen on the crowd, half on, on the guy hitting the home run. You never get any, any appreciation of the depth and how long these home runs were. And the pitchers are, I, I hate this timer. You know, the guy hits the ball and it's on its way out. And while it's in the air, here comes another pitch and he hits another one. I, I, I want to see how far it goes. I want to see it land and appreciate how far that home run went. And while the ball's in the air, they're pitching again. It's ridiculous. I think it takes a lot of the fun out of it. No doubt about it, Dave. I mean, there was this beautiful moment where all the players come onto the field and they hug holes. But the beginning of that moment was completely lost because half the screen was a T-Mobile commercial. It didn't, you know, yeah. it didn't make any sense. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, and I'm a. Remember back in the '80s, the All Star Game was at Dodger Stadium, and I went to uh, uh, I went to a workout and a home run derby they had, and Dave Kingman hit five balls all the way over the left field pavilion, yeah. bouncing around into the parking lot. It was unbelievable. Uh, Dave, your thoughts on so the uh, Pac-12 and the Big 12, obviously, see what's happening in college sports and the smart play. I mean, at least you would think would be to team up, do something together. Those talks have not panned out. They don't want to do anything. My view is those leagues can't survive without each other. Dave, your thoughts on A, those talks and B, the fact that they can't work something out. I can't believe they didn't work something out. Well, I guess, you know, when the Big 12 almost went away a couple of years ago and the, now the Pac-12 is in trouble, they're so poorly run. And they, and the Big 12's been on life support for a long time and the Pac-12 is in trouble now. It's, it's not surprising they couldn't kind of come to some kind of a deal because I think that's in survival mode. That's what they have to do. You get a lot of those Midwest TV markets and, and you know, wow, like the Pac-12 network is a disaster. They're going to have to find a way to fix that and get more people to watch out here. But, I think the solution is uh, maybe the Big 12 adds another couple of teams and they shift maybe, who could they shift out? Maybe BYU and Baylor yeah. or maybe somebody else out into the Pac-12. And, you know, then uh, they play each other in a conference championship game at the end of the year. I, I think that's the only way to go, especially with USC and UCLA leaving. And who knows, maybe Oregon and Washington as well. And now they're talking about Cal and Stanford, Arash, with the Big 12 expanding maybe to that's 22 right. to 24 teams. Yeah, Dave, I wanted to switch gears here to basketball and ask you about the new report that I'm sure the Lakers leaked about Westbrook, um, Davis, and LeBron having a phone call saying that they're through all the turmoil, they're coming back. I'm sure that isn't true. I'm sure that's a leak to try and get leverage in the Kyrie deal. At the same point, at the same time, they really can't run it back, right? I, mean, I was talking to Arash about it yesterday, and I said, yes, if Anthony Davis is healthy, of course, LeBron and Davis, they have a shot. But I think it's close to a 0% chance with Westbrook on the roster that they win. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want to run it back with those three, that's fine. If you want to be a 4, 5, or 6 seed, you know, best case scenario and go out in the first or second round of the playoffs. But, and you're absolutely right. That's nonsense about this summit, even if it is true where they have the summit, it means nothing because the Lakers would trade Russell Westbrook today if somebody would take him. Uh, They'd send him to the Nets. Now, the Nets aren't going to give him up straight up for Kyrie. The Lakers are going to have to really sweeten that package up, but uh, he's gone today if the Lakers will find a taker. So to me, the summit means nothing. And and we said from day one, Westbrook, you know, he's still probably a pretty good player on a different team in a different situation, but it is oil and water. It is a horrible combination of he and LeBron they can't play together and we knew it at the time and why would it be any different this year yeah 
No, 100%. Do you think this Kyrie trade will happen at some point? It's kind of gone frozen right now, uh, especially with their the Nets um, wanting two first-round picks and Palenka's reported reluctance to give up those picks. Obviously, we don't know for sure what the case is, but they're going to have to give up one to two picks. Yep. Everyone knows that. But is it? are they waiting for a third team, or do you think the Nets will take on Russell Westbrook? That's a good question. Uh, I, I think the Nets are, are, are asking for Westbrook in the 27 and 29 number one picks. LeBron would do that in a heartbeat because he's, what, 38 this year. What does he care about two picks five and seven years from now? He wants to win now. It's just a, a matter of whether the Lakers will pull the trigger on that one. Uh, two first-round picks plus Westbrook. And I know the Nets get an expiring deal with Westbrook. Maybe that's kind of a, kind of a draw. But, yeah, it can happen if the Lakers give up both of them now. You brought up a good point. Will the Nets pull the trigger if it's only one of those first-round picks? And if it is only one of those picks, uh, do the Lakers need to sweeten the pot a little? Maybe a Taylor Horton Tucker, although I think his value was a lot more. A year ago, he was a kid with a big upside that teams wanted. He didn't play well last year. I don't know how much value he still has, even though he's only 22 years old. Maybe you try to replace one of those number one picks with him. Dave, if the Lakers are unable to make a trade for Kyrie Irving, what do you think their best uh, course of action is? Is it a trade with the Pacers, a Miles Turner, um, Buddy Heald thing? Is it a Patrick Beverly deal? What do you think their best move is if they're unable to acquire Kyrie Irving? Yeah, uh, the Buddy Heald thing is uh, I like because they need shooting. Uh, you know, uh, and there's been reports out of out of Brooklyn that if the Lakers are willing to take on Joe Harris and his salary, that would uh, that would move these uh, Westbrook Kyrie Irving thing. Uh, that would move that thing along quicker. I don't know why the Lakers wouldn't do that. Uh, now, of course, Joe Harris isn't a Hall of Famer like Westbrook, but he's one of the best shooters in the NBA and a pretty good player and fills a shooting void that the Lakers need. I, I know he has a bad contract, but if the Lakers are willing to take that on, I, I bet the Nets might go one number one pick and Westbrook if the Lakers will take Joe Harris's contract on, which I would do in a heartbeat because they need shooting. Dave, there was a, an interview done with Stephen Curry yesterday where Steph basically said that the 2017 Warriors would beat the 2001 Lakers, and he said, quote, I don't know who would guard me and Clay, and three is better than two. What are your thoughts on a, <laughs> a hypothetical matchup between those two teams? I agree with Steph. I think the 2017 Warriors with KD would beat uh, the, the 2001 Lakers, or the, the Shaq Kobe Lakers, because it's uh, we're two superstars against three. Now we need to we need to expand this conversation. They would not beat any of the Showtime Lakers teams from the 80s. Those teams would beat that 2017 Warriors team because you've got the third superstar in James Worthy to go along with Magic and Kareem. The Showtime Lakers team beats them. I don't think the Shaq Kobe Lakers do. Yeah, I mean, but Dave, what was your experience? I mean, because I, I my first finals I covered was because of you. This was in 2000. It was the Lakers and the Pacers. What yep. are some of the highlights? I think you broke the news about Shaq coming here to Los Angeles. Yep. What were some of the highlights of your time? Because that was such a fun team. That was a fun team. And I think, remember, uh, for the first time in a long time, Shaq actually showed up in shape that year, yeah. in 99, 2000. And Phil put some pressure on him and told him he wanted to lose weight. And I think Shaq was kind of embarrassed about getting swept all those times. Uh, you know, they got swept by San Antonio. They got swept by Utah. So he showed up in great shape, and he was the MVP that year. And he played absolutely great basketball. And I think the highlight was probably the game seven against Portland, a game I attended 
a loss where the Lakers were down by 15 in the fourth quarter with around six minutes left. And they pulled off a miraculous comeback highlighted by that Kobe lob pass and dump to Shaq. I've never heard Staples Center that loud after that play that kind of sealed the game. So to me, that was a highlight. And, and also, you know, the funny thing is the teams in the previous years before that were better than that team. Because they oh, yeah. had they had uh, Nick Van Exel and they had um, uh, Glenn Rice and they had um, Eddie Jones, but the problem was coaching with Dell Harris. As soon as Phil got here, that was fixed. Now, Dave, uh, there was a kind of a unique story that we read in the first segment. The USC Trojans, according to some books in Vegas, are the sixth favorites to win, but they are getting the most money, Dave. Most of I the bets that. are. So, what your your thoughts? Listen, I think they're much improved, obviously. But even as a USC fan, I don't think they're going to win the whole thing. But your thoughts on that? No, I don't think they're going to win the national championship. But I think they are the best value. The best value are us. They were 40-1 to last week to win the national championship. And uh, people are jumping all over that. There's more money coming in on the Trojans than even Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State and and some of the favorites to win the national championship. So, yeah, now it's down to 25-1 to or Washington. I know Vegas is worried. <laughs> the books are saying they're going to get absolutely destroyed if USC wins the national if USC wins the national title, Arash, We might see empty streets and uh, you know tumbleweeds in Vegas going down and a ghost town there. They might be out of business if this happens. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Dave. I wanted to ask about the whole Juan Soto trade situation. Obviously, he won the Derby last yeah. night. Not having a fantastic start to the year, hitting two fifty. But he still walks one of the highest OPS and OBPs in the league. Still, he's a great player. Turned down that $444 million yep. deal, $29.3 million a year. I'm sure he'll get 30 annually, 30 plus annually like Trout. Do you think that the Dodgers, they do have the farm system. Do they pull the trigger in a Juan Soto trade? It's interesting to note, I said in the first segment that their 40th overall pick, they picked a catcher. And I'm, that just kind of puts the, um, a possibility that they'll add Cartea in a deal, right? So they have the farm system to do it. Do you think that Juan Soto would fit in perfectly with the Dodgers? Would he sign an Absolutely. extension with the Dodgers? And how can they make that happen in the coming weeks? Well, it's going to take a boatload of prospects and probably a couple of starting players. And the usual suspects, I think, would be the Mets, Yankees, and and Dodgers. Maybe Boston gets involved. And uh, we heard about maybe Texas and the San Diego Padres. Uh, The Padres, from what I was reading, a lot of people consider they have the best farm system and the best young talent in baseball. They might be able to put together a deal as well. But don't you think that Mike Trout must be kicking himself right now, saying, "Damn, that's what I should have. I should have turned that deal down." Now look, I'm going to be stuck here with the Angels my whole career, and never play in a playoff game the rest of my career. And you know, the funny thing is, you you brought up a point here. Four hundred and forty million dollars obviously is a huge amount of money, but that would have been a bargain for the Nationals, as you said. It's only twenty nine million a year. There's twenty players in Major League Baseball right now making more than 29 and you know 10 15 years from now that might be minimum salary i mean that's that'd be chump change so i think juan soto was smart to turn that down and over a 10 or 15 year deal it's i would think wow wouldn't you think it would take maybe 750 50 million a year over 15 years to, to lock him up now or maybe 500 million over 10 uh, 29 million a year isn't enough for for somebody of his talent. Yeah, he'll get close to 35 probably a year. I do think he'll be the first 500 million dollar signing. Dave, I wanted to add yep. on the home run derby at the end of the All Star game. If it's tied, what do you think about that idea? Um, you know, I know the AL picks Julio Rodriguez, Ty France. 
Uh, and I'll pick Kyle Schwarber, Juan Soto, and a couple other guys on each side to compete if the game is tied. Is this a uh, ploy for the younger fans to watch? Uh, do you agree with this, or do you want a game to go 11, 12, 13 innings if it's tied and kind of have that gritty baseball? It's different now, obviously, because the All-Star game doesn't mean much in the sense that there's no home right. court, you know, home field advantage with it. So what are your thoughts about this new format they're trying out? Well, I, you know, I like it. I mean, who cares? The players don't care whether they win or lose. The fans don't care who wins. It's an exhibition game. Home field, as you said, isn't on the line anymore. So why not? I mean, you, you want to go 12 or 13 innings and, you know, burn out the pitchers and possibly get somebody hurt. And nobody cares who wins. So, yeah, after nine, let's have a home run derby. That could be a lot of fun. But they need to listen to me. I, I've talked to Arash a lot about this over the years. The All-Star game needs to switch to a USA versus the world format. All the best players in the world against all the United States, all the American players. Then you'd have guys actually trying to win with national pride at stake. I would love yeah. to see a switch to that format. And you look at the internationals now. I mean, there are so many great players that we'd have a hard time winning. We might have been advantage in pitching, but that would be a competitive great game every year. Dave, I'm glad you brought that up because I was about to pivot to Mike Trout announcing that he will yeah. participate in the 2023 World Baseball Classic as the captain of Team USA after not participating in 2017. Uh, what does this move mean for you know USA's chances in this tournament and, and just you know baseball as a whole? Well, maybe he finally thinks he has a chance to win a championship. I'm playing <laughs> it's not going to happen playing for the Angels. So yeah, I like the fact that he's playing, and um, you know it's it's it's. A lot of people have said they feel bad for Mike Trout. He's stuck in a horrible situation, but he never should have signed that contract, that 13-year contract with the Angels. And You know, it makes me question. I know this is kind of controversial, and uh, I don't know if it's actually fair to Mike Trout. It makes me wonder how competitive he really is and how much he wants to win. The fact that he would play an anonymity out here with no chance to win for maybe the worst organization in baseball uh, over the next 13 I know... He can count his $400 billion and he can live in Newport Beach in his mansion and sit out in the deck and drink martinis and you know watch the ocean every night. But if he really wanted to win and he was competitive and it killed him to lose, why would he re-sign with his team? He he, if he waited a couple of years, he could have gotten more money from the Red Sox, from the Yankees, from the Phillies. And, and I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to play in competitive postseason games. Maybe he doesn't like the pressure. The only time he was in the postseason, remember, he hit 083 when they get swept so I don't know maybe he's happy just losing and making money Dave I have a random personal question for you maybe uh -oh. more like advice uh, you know I fell in love with the sports gods Dave Smith and Joey Heim back in the day <laughs> late night when I worked for you Dave it was late night I went to Baja Fresh got you those tostadas uh, like as many tomatoes as I could Dave we Never are once got the order right exactly years, well we are moving to 7 p.m. We are a nighttime show. Dave, you are the greatest nighttime oh. show in Los Angeles sports talk history. What changes when you move from noon to the night? Hmm. Is it going to be a one-hour show or roster? It How is many still hours the same. It's one okay. hour, so we can't do anything too crazy, I guess, but... Yeah, yeah. When you're on at night, you can get away with a lot more as far as being a little risque and uh, and maybe getting away from sports a little bit and doing a little bit of blue humor. And you know, nobody was uh, better at that than us back in the day. Or actually, worked for us. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think a little more entertainment. You know, a little more non-sports stuff. A little more uh, risque humor because uh, you know after seven o'clock at night, a lot of a lot of those guys in the FCC go home. They, they normally enforce. <laughs> 
You know, we learned this, Arash. The complaints and the enforcement comes between 6 in the morning and 7 at night with the FCC. You can get away with murder after 7 o'clock. So, yeah, hopefully you can be a lot more entertaining and, and cut loose and do a lot of things that you normally couldn't do with a noontime show. The um, highlight, as did Davis saying that, was, and I don't know how you guys got away with this, you did a live remote from Bob's Classy Lady, and so <laughs> I don't know how uh, they thought that, that would be good, but it was the best sports talk radio, and I think... Um, uh, you 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 actually had some of the performers come on the show, right? Yeah, but for those of you out there, Bob's Classy Lady is an all nude strip joint. I think in Van Nuys. I think it's still there. And they had they sent me out there for a remote one night when Ross was working. They set up the broadcast table right next to the stage, like pressed up against it. And the girls were parading around naked. And I'll never forget while I was doing the show, one girl stopped right in front of me. She turned her back to me. But she bent all the way over, and she was looking back at me, like upside down. She was looking back at me between her legs, and she was waving, hi, hi, everybody, hi. She was like uh, five feet away from me. And then then we had to put some of the strippers on and interview them. You know, and half of them were drunk or rush. And a bunch of them came over, and while, we were, while I was interviewing them, they somehow got the mic away from me, and they walked to the other side of the room, and it was like six strippers. They took the mic away, completely hijacked the show. They were using four-letter F-words, S-words, uh, <laughs> talking about that. And I'm reaching in. There's six naked girls, and I'm reaching in over their shoulder trying to get the mic back, and they wouldn't let me have it. It was one of the all-time great radio moments, Arash, and you remember that. It was the best. Uh, Dave, I got I to gotta ask you, um, only because we, um, we've had this conversation on the show before, what was the food like, or did you even eat any of the food uh, due to the fact that this was an all-nude uh, or uh, place? Oh, the food was awesome because, uh, I don't know, if you know the rules in California, if it's topless, they can sell uh, beer and wine. Um, if it's bikini, uh, if it's a bikini place, they can sell any kind of hard alcohol they want. But all-nude, there's no alcohol allowed. So, yeah. yeah, so the food was great. We were just sitting there drinking, uh, you know, Cokes and, uh, and soft drinks and fruit juice. And the food was awesome. They had chicken wings. They had a buffet table. And, you know, Ross, there's nothing like being at the buffet table and going down the line and putting stuff <laughs> on your plate. And there's a naked girl and there's a naked girl next to you, uh, right. a stripper on break, filling your plate up with food. That, that's living right there. That, that's heaven. And Dave, a minute 50 left. I wanted to uh, see your thoughts real quick on the Dodgers outlook in the National League. They have the best record so far. Do they make it to the World Series this year? Call it now before any moves of the trade deadline. <laughs> Yes, I think so. I think they have the best team. It's like with the addition of Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner having such a great year. And, uh, you know, the, the, the one albatross, though, as you guys know, Clayton Kershaw, you know, is having another great regular season. He's going to start the All-Star game here. His annual, his perennial blow-up in the postseason that always happens where he does not pitch well when the pressure's on and when the lights are the brightest, that's the one thing that could stop him again. Now, is he ever going to perform in the postseason the way he does in the regular? You know, his ERA is like, Three points higher in the postseason than the regular season. Yeah. That's uh, uh, that's why I call him Clayton Harden because he reminds me of James Harden in the postseason. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, but no surprise that his best postseason was during that sixty-game season. So we'll see how that uh, yeah, turns that's out. A good point. Yeah, right. I mean, so you know, but I mean, he, 
But by the way, two perfect games through through seven this season. Incredible performance. Dave, you're the best. Thank you so much for joining us. Looking forward to have you on next off, week. Off the box, classy lady for the business. Yes, we got to do that. I'm on my way. I'm on my that. way. Awesome. You got to do a remote, do a remote there. Oh, awesome. Awesome. I got to do that. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about a brother got Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.